Hail Sunday. The NFL on CBS is back with a crazy talented crop of QBs out west, possible MVPs in the east, and matchups to remember. Sundays, the NFL is on CBS. Let's get it on! Do you have what it takes to be the boss? Two of Bellator's biggest stars co-headline the most stacked fight card of the year. What a it's Pitbull versus Boric and McKee versus Carlisle. Saturday live on Showtime. It's the last stand. And here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport. And joining us today is one of the best fighters in the world. Uh, she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. She's the first boxer, male or female, uh, to become the undisputed champion in two different weight divisions in this four-belt era. Listen, she calls herself the quote. She is Clarissa Shields. Champ, it's been a while. Welcome back to The Last Stand. What's up, man? How you doing? It's good to, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Uh, listen, you got Savannah Marshall um, for the undisputed middleweight title. I know a lot has been written that she's the last woman to beat you. Of course, that was back in the amateurs. She's talked about that. How much and how long have you been waiting to put that narrative to bed? I've been waiting to put it to bed since 2012. You know, we people forget about the facts, and I say it all the time. Like I wanted to fight her directly after she beat him. You know, after she beat me in the amateurs by six points, I wanted to fight her um, at the Olympics, but she didn't win. So I had to beat the girl up that beat her up. And on the way to winning my Olympic gold medal, we were at the world championships together twice. Hey, your girl here, I got gold. Marshall couldn't even make it past the first and second round. And then we went to the Olympics again together where your girl got gold again. And Marshall didn't even medal. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I finally get this opportunity just to silence that. But to me, it's already been silenced with all my accomplishments and my hard work. Like, I'm not trying to degrade Savannah Marshall, but we have been professional at this up at the same time for five, five, six years. And I got twelve world titles and she got one. It's levels to this. I'm not I'm not trying to degrade her, but it's facts. Like, I got undisputed at one fit up at fifty four, undisputed at one sixty, was world champion with two belts up at one sixty eight. And you telling me that you better than me. And you can beat all these girls that I beat and you can knock them out. Why haven't you done it? Mm. Listen, uh, Savannah said, quote, Shields won't be able to take my power. Yeah. I've stopped 10 of my 12 opponents. She stopped two of her 12. She will take another loss to me, end quote. Yeah, she is delusional. She delusional. Um, You know, I take pride in having an undefeated record and having great performances. When I first turned pro, and you were a test to this, I knocked out, in my first four fights, I knocked out two of the girls. And everybody was saying, oh, Clarissa Shields is all just grit and power. That was it. She don't got no skill. Clarissa just grit and power. So what I do? I switch my game up to show the world, like, hold on. The girl got skills. The girl got power. The girl got defense and offense. So... And then fighting against top-level fighters. And I wasn't knocking out the top-level girls. But when you fighting against somebody who's 21-0 at, you know, 10 knockouts or 
21 and 0 with 11 knockouts and you only got four, five, six fights. They supposed to be knocking me out. I'm not supposed to be beating these girls by unanimous decision. You know, so Savannah Marshall record, she can talk about how she knocked out those 12 girls, but 10 of them, nine of them were bums. And, and that's just the truth. She got nine knockouts against girls with losing records. Look, I don't, I don't gotta say it. Go on box rec. If you're a real boxing fan, go on BoxRec and look up Savannah Marshall. You're going to read down her resume and be like, wow, you fought somebody that was 3-75, and 11-60. I mean, you fighting against girls who got losing records. So if she want to call herself a knocker artist, she can, but she ain't going to knock me out. I love it. Uh, Eddie Hearn uh, came out and backed Marshall, and he his quote was, quote, I don't think Claresha Shields punches that hard. I think she'll be fighting off emotion in this fight, and that's going to be very dangerous for her, end quote. Your response? Eddie Hearn don't know shit about me. He watched me box one time when I fought against Hannah Rankin, and I, and I won unanimously. Rocked her, I don't know how many times in the fight, unanimously. So, Eddie Hearn can say that I don't punch hard, but he didn't say that at the airport when I, when I, when I uppercutted his ass. Ask him, did that hurt? He almost started crying at the airport, and all I did was tap him a, a little. <laughs> he almost started crying. But, you know, Eddie, to me, Eddie Hearn is a hater. He ain't never had to work hard for nothing in his life. He don't know what it's like. He want to get in there and play around and spar and do all this stuff. Look, you can do all that you want to, and you can represent Anthony Joshua, but don't get it confused. Eddie Hearn, you are not a fighter. Anthony Joshua is a fighter. He works hard. You just handle the paperwork. So you don't really know none, know much about boxing as you think. And talking about uh, whatever, he ain't even want to pay me the money that I wanted to fight against Marshall. Now he just salty because now he's he basically helped build up the fight, but he don't get to be a part of it. And that's his own fault because he kept lying to the media. Talking about some, we've offered Clarissa double of what she asked for. Yeah, right. So you offered me $1.5 because I was telling him 750 and we can get the fight on the road. And you could talk about a trilogy or whatever you want. But the first fight got to be 750 He never sent the contract or sent nothing that said 750 And then all of a sudden, Savannah Marshall left him. Yeah, she left and went to a whole nother promotion. And then they came with the doll right off bat. Well, actually, we, re we reached out to them and said, hey, we're no longer talking with Eddie Hearn because y'all got the girl that we want. So what we doing? We reached out to them. So this whole Savannah Marshall punch hard or she chasing me, all that bull crap. Eddie, Eddie Hearn don't face me. He a hater. And after I win, he going to keep being a hater. He going to have something to say about the win. Oh, yeah, Clarissa beat her. But uh, if I don't knock her out, he's going to say, oh, yeah, she beat her, but she ain't knock her out. Oh, yeah, she beat her. But, oh, she threw a wild right hand to get the knockout. It's always going to be something with Eddie Hearn. He's, he's not a Clarissa Shields fan. And honestly, I'm not a fan of him either. So Eddie can say what he want, but I ain't never fought a fight off no emotion. I'm a 12-time world champ. You think this is the only girl who I haven't liked? She ain't the first and she won't be the last. Heard that. Um, listen, I know uh, you had to be respectful, all of you guys, because of the queen's death. Yeah. Um, and these guys uh, delaying the fight, or I should say postponing it and, and pushing it back to October 15th. What were your feelings like, though, when days, basically uh, days before the fight, 
They told you that it's got to be rescheduled. And now you've got the fight on October 15th. But you got to also share that date with Deontay Wilder, who's got his return coming on that same day. Just your whole feelings about the whole fight being rescheduled. I understood the fight being rescheduled, you know, because the Queen of England had died, you know. Um, I just don't understand, like, us not being made aware sooner. Like, you know, she passed September 8th, and our weigh-ins were supposed to be the 9th. And we got told an hour before weigh-ins that the fight was postponed. And I was 159 pounds already. So it was like, I'm ready to hit the scale. And you and if you guys would have hit us up last night and said, hey, you guys, we're not. But it was like, it was so last minute. And, and they were saying that they didn't know if they were going to postpone it. And they were still like having to talk to this person and that person or whatever. So, but, but the fighters still had to, do, had to do their job. So it was like, I wasn't sure whether we were going to weigh in or not. But I know that my job was to be on weight. You know, so it was hard to take at the beginning because I'd done an 11, an, an 11 week camp, you know, and I've been away from my family for so long and just missed my mom's birthday, missed my nephew's first day at school. Um, you know, just stuff that's important to me. And I sacrificed all that to fight. And, you know, nobody could have guessed that the queen was going to pass, but I felt like I was in really, really great spirits and shape, and I was ready to get to, to handle business and get the job done. Now, sharing the car with, sharing a day with Deontay Wilder, a day with Anthony Durrell and Caleb Plant, uh, it's a lot, but I'm happy that I'm fighting in London because I'll be fighting earlier than them. So after I win, I'll be trying to find a TV or trying to get hooked up to some internet where I can watch, where I can watch those guys fight. But, um, but I'm happy to see Deontay Wilder back. Uh, hoping he can get back on his win streak and just, I really want him just to, he, he can retire. He's great in my eyes. You know, he doesn't owe the sport anything else, but I believe that he's continuing in the sport because he wants to, not because he has to. But I think Deontay Water is a great fighter, and uh, I'm a huge, huge supporter of him. That's my brother. Do you think that the, the card, because this card you guys have is really good. Yeah. Um, because it's in England, though, and the time difference, you guys will be fighting, like, let's say, early evening, late afternoon, and you know how big college football is here. And so, so many people will be watching. Do you think the card will take a hit because of the time difference, where is it, you know, 5, 6 o'clock in the evening, you guys will be fighting, and, you know, a number of people will be watching, you know, obviously college football and other things? No, I think women's boxing has to pass. Uh, some of that I mean me being a bill me being on top bill of the card has so many people interest in the U.S. I think yeah you know college football you know but you get to watch my fight live you know and that's exciting because everybody is excited about this fight not just England not just USA but I mean everywhere is excited we I have people flying in from the from the USA to London to watch me fight and they didn't find out till they landed that hey the fight was postponed. So I think that we won't take a big hit. I think that we'll do great numbers. Um, I know we're already doing great numbers just in people watching the press conference, people following me on social media, just the interest I was getting over there. I was getting, you know, 20, 30,000 views just on my story on Instagram. I had reached over 1 million accounts throughout that week. So I don't think that uh, that the car to take a big hit. I think everybody will be tuning in to ESPN+. Plus. And they'll be 
there supporting and watching the fight. So many people, uh, as from boxing to just sports fans, praised that Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano fight. They loved it, thought it was you know, basically fight of the year. Do you think your fight with Marshall and obviously the Bumgarner, Michaela Mayer fight, do you think this matches what Serrano and, and Katie Taylor did? Um, we have to let the fights play out to see. I don't think that me and Savannah Marshall fight will be that competitive, but it will have those exciting moments. See, in boxing, they don't respect a shutout decision, like how Devin Haney did George Combosis. And people are like, oh, it was boring. Oh, Devin Haney whooped George Combosis' ass. That's what happened. You know, I go in there and I whoop girls' ass, whether I get the knockout or not. So I think that It'll have its exciting moments, but it won't be like how Katie Taylor, how the fight was like six rounds for Katie, four rounds for Amanda. Some rounds where, you know, you don't know who won a round. I don't think it'll be that kind of fight. And I think with it not being that kind of fight, people will say that um, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor fight was more exciting. But I'm not worried about who fight was more exciting. I'm, I'm worried about winning. That's my only job to do. Yeah. And if I can go in there and get a big knockout in the early rounds, I do it. In the later rounds, if I have to beat her up for 10 rounds and get the unanimous decision, if I have to go to war with her and it's a split, which I that's the last thing in my mind, I doubt, I doubt it'll be a split majority, uh, unanimous or a knockout for me. So I think that with me being so dominant, when I go in there and be dominant again, People are, people are going to, then they're going to downplay Marshall and say, oh, well, she wasn't that good anyway. She only had one belt. And, you know, they're not going to give me my credit, but it don't matter because I'll be three-time undisputed then. So it don't matter. <laughs> well, we had uh, Michaela Mayer on the last stand, and uh, she said she is going to take Alicia Bumgardner into deep water and drown her. Uh. Um, Bump Gardner said that she was going to dog walk Mayor and do to her like Ann Wolf did to Vonda Ward. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in this fight? You know, I think we got two good girls who are, who one, have a lot of emotion involved in the fight, a lot of skill, a lot of heart, a lot of power. I think the power lays with Alicia Baumgartner, but I think the skill and experience lays with Michaela. And not, and not saying that Alicia don't have power, I just know that I've seen Michaela go through fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, we made the Olympic team together. We're at the Worlds together. Made the Olympic trial team together. Like, and I was able to see her, like, bounce back and just come back stronger from everything. Now she's pro. She's just doing her thing in the pros. And, I, and, I, and just same thing for Alicia. She wasn't that much on the level that we were on in the amateurs. But I can say as far as in the pros, she has shown that um, – She's a very good fighter, and she continues to to get better and has a great team behind her. So, I I can't really pick because I'm in the situation. But I think the fight will be exciting. I think just as much as they trash talk, it's going to be just like that in the fight because I don't know who's winning the trash talk between them either. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, oh, she said this. Oh, she came back and said that, like, um, after we made weight, I was in a room with Michaela, and uh, I guess Alicia tweeted her and said something. And she said out loud when she was about to tweet her back, talk about when she called her a broke B word, right? And I was like, Michaela, do not, do not tweet that. 
the, and she did. But the girl, the girl sent it bow, and I was like, oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, yeah, she did. But yeah. it was like I, I, emotions I, was running high because the fight had got postponed and everybody was on wait, and we were just so ready to rock the show. Like we were dang near sold out twenty thousand. Who's not excited to fight in front of twenty thousand? I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, Absolutely. Listen, people have always tried to say that women's boxing don't sell, and I've been telling them for years. Y'all know what y'all talking about. If you give me the opportunity to sell out to sell out a top arena and let me be the head of the bill, I will sell the fight, and I bet you I can sell out the T-Mobile arena. But I was never given that opportunity here in America, so I'll I'll stick with the opportunity in the UK, and I'll and I'll make the best out of it. But the boxing fans love women's boxing, and they and they always will. Yeah, it's a good point. Really, really good point. You know, you were supposed to uh, fight, have an MMA fight in November with the PFL. Um, what, what's the deal with that? Is that still going to happen after the after this fight? We are, um, we are still considering the MMA fight. Yep, contractually, I have to, but also too, like they understand that. It also depends on how I feel after the fight with Marshall and make sure I ain't got no injuries because I don't go into no fights with no with no injuries. So, you know, to be doing MMA and boxing at the same time for the past year or two have been it's been it's been hard, but I've been making the best out of it and and I enjoy it. I just know that now with the postponement it gives me less it gives me less time to train for MMA and just, you know, two it's just two training camps back to back. You know, and that's just hard enough in it in itself. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I've asked you this, Clarissa, but what is your ultimate goal in this sport of boxing? I just want to fight against the best. And I just want to go down in the, in the history books. I want to go down in boxing as, of course, the greatest woman of all time with skills and power and just accomplishments. But I also want to know that I had heart and just integrity because women's boxing a lot of times people say oh she fought like a girl no like so nobody says that about me you know everybody respects my skill and respect my offense and my defense and my and my IQ so I just really want to raise the bar for women's boxing let them know that it's not a game for us like we put our life online like just like them but when I'm done I just want it to be hard to break my record so they can know like to break my records, it's going to take more than hard work. It's going to take more than, you know, self-belief and determination. It's going to take a lot to be three-time undisputed champ, well, two-time undisputed champ in, you know, the first dude in history. It's going to take a lot to be a three-time division world champ in 10 fights. And if there's anybody coming up that want to do that, I want them to understand that they may be looking on the on the outside looking in and saying that oh it's oh it's easy because you know Clarissa was fighting against this girl or that girl or you know or she was or she's a woman fighting up in her division but it's not it's not easy to do what I do and the only way that they know that it's not easy if they if they try if if they try to do what I've done they will see that wow it's not easy and it takes a lot, a lot that stuff that I don't even talk about to get to where I'm at. 
And that's kind of what I want to be remembered for. And, you know, taking out all the big dogs. Savannah Marshall, she getting, she, she getting taken out. Hannah Gabriels, she got took out. Um, Who else? Christina Hammer, she got beat down. Nikki Adler, knocked out. Emma Colson, 21-0, destroyed. Went in there, walked through her. You know, like, I want to show them that no matter how good the girl is, no matter how strong the girl is, no matter what they what they saying, that I'm the best in this era. You know what I'm saying? Like, from 54 to 68, 75, I'm the best. And it doesn't matter who they pull out. The woodworks, the girl from the amateurs, the girl from who beat me up on the playground when I was a kid. None of that matters. None of these girls is going to beat me right now, today. None of them. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian Custer. I want to talk to you about our partner, Athletic Greens. You know, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy, and I got to tell you, I absolutely love it. Athletic Greens doesn't taste super healthy. It's kind of mild, has that tropical taste, but I actually look forward to having it every single morning. So what is this stuff? Well, one scoop of delicious Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Listen, it helps support better sleep quality for you, recovery, and it supports mental clarity and alertness is what I love about it. You know, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. And it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, uh, vegan, paleo, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is for you. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing, really, in your health. And it's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you may have. So additionally, for every purchase, Athletic Greens is going to donate to organizations, help to get nutritious foods to kids all across the country who are in need, including No Kid Hungry, which is right here in the U.S. By the way, two years ago in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million to meals to kids. Now, it is the time to reclaim your health, folks. And all you got to do is arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutritional uh, supplement. And listen, once we get into that cold flu season, this is something that you need because just one scoop of water every day with Athletic Greens, and there's no need for the million of different pills or supplements to look out for your health. All you're going to need is Athletic Greens and to make it easy. Athletic Greens wants to give you free a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash laststand. Again, athleticgreens.com slash laststand. Athletic Greens. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Obviously, love your talent, love your passion, uh, and I love your conviction. But why does it seem like 
Clarissa Shields is so controversial. It seems like whenever you say something, everybody's got an opinion about it. Why is that? Maybe sometime I'm poking the bear, or maybe so, or, or maybe sometime I'm the bear that's getting poked. I, I feel like people are so used to athletes and celebrities just not being vocal. You know, I always think about Cardi B. Like I seen her one time on live, and she was like, "Man, I really wish that I wasn't." a celebrity sometime like I was able to speak more freely and you know do more stuff and just have more fun and not be judged but when you live in your life in front of everybody people have so many different opinions you know about stuff you say how you say it when you say it if it's funny if it's not you know I think that I don't run from controversy you know um if somebody comes talking stuff to me I'm not a little girl who getting bullied at school. Ain't nobody going to make me feel like I got to go sit in a corner and be and just be quiet. Because one, I got a mouth and I can talk back. And two, I can fight really well. So I just don't believe in letting people disrespect me. You know what I'm saying? And I think people don't, people aren't used to women being that way. People think that women should just, you know, shut up and do what we're told. And I'm just not one of those women. So. They're going to always see me as being controversial. I have my own opinion. I don't, and I don't care what people think. I'm a great role model. You know, I try to look at things from both angles. Like, okay, I'm looking at it from her angle, looking at it from my angle. And I do see where times that I may be wrong or something, but I'm a big girl and I, and I can apologize and, you know, say sorry about things, but it's just some stuff that, you know, if somebody disrespects me or somebody comes poking at me, just don't poke at me too much because I punch people. That's all. Maybe that's why it's controversial. <laughs> well, we had uh, Regis Progray on the last stand as well. And, you know, we asked him to give us his top five pound for pound fighters. And he said, listen, in no particular order. But he, he, he talked about Canelo anyway. He said Errol Spence. Bud Crawford, and he said, Clarissa Shields. <laughs> what? No way. And he, and he was like, I don't care what any of these guys say. Your people forget Clarissa Shields is doing some things. And yeah. Yo, he was a big fan of Clarissa Shields. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I think that if I was a man doing the things that I'm doing and fighting at the weight class that I was fighting at, and you give me a man body with the same mindset, the same heart, and the same skill, that I would be able to compete and probably beat a lot of men. And and I say that just to say that, uh, you know, skills don't have a gender. Hard work don't have a gender. You know what I'm saying? Like, accomplishments don't have a gender. You know, when I made, when I beat Lomachenko's record, it wasn't like, oh, she's the fastest woman to be a three-time division world champion. I'm the fastest boxer. So Lomachenko did in, in, in 11 fights, I did in 10. And, you know, and it was hard to do. So I know that I have great skills and that I'm going to continue to get better. And I just respect fighters who who acknowledge that, who are not intimidated by that. You know what I'm saying? Because I was on the top five of Earl Spence's pound, pound list, too. And now I'm on Regis Progress list. And I'm hoping one day that, you know, Ring Magazine will come out with the gender free list of the top 10 boxers in the world and that I'll be in the top 10. Look, I don't care if all the other 
people on there are are men. If I make ten, nine, whatever, I believe that as far as in skill sets and skills and accolades and IQ, heart, offense and defense, that I deserve to be on the list because I'm a really great fighter and I'm the best woman fighter there is. That's why I'm the greatest woman of all time. Like people regard me as that. Like it started off with me, of course, acknowledging to myself that I was that. But now whenever people see me, that's what they call me. Quote. So I respect that. And to my guy Regis Progress, that's my <laughs> that's what's up, my that's boy. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want to get your opinion on some stuff because you're you're so good at the sport. And we, we want to hear your opinion on some things. Obviously, Canelo just had a great victory over Triple G. He says he's going to get hand surgery. Uh, he they asked him if he wants Bivol. He says he certainly wants the rematch. But everyone was asking him about when is he going to defend his uh, 168 undisputed title again, obviously because he beat uh, Triple G at that weight. But they said, we, when are you going to fight either Charlo or Benavidez? And that was the question, and he, you know, he just shook his head and said, "Well, probably Bavol next. Who do you think he ought to fight next? Should it be Charlo? Should it be Benavidez?" See, that's the difference between me and a lot of fighters. Whoever the fans say is the best, that's where I'm going to go. So I think that the fight with Canelo and Charlo has been boiling for a long time, and Benavidez is calling out everybody. Listen, I love that dude, passion man. He calling out everybody. Whoever the champ is, I won't smoke with you. He kind of like me a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, I think that Canelo should fight against either Charlo or Benavidez. And I don't know what all this whole Mexican talk is about. Like, oh, he's not going to fight against Mexican fighters. I'm not in his shoes. I don't I don't understand it. But a fight is a fight. Um, where you're from or whatever doesn't doesn't matter whatever race you are doesn't matter it's like oh it's like he's saying yeah i'm gonna only fight black white and uh puerto rican fighters it's like no bro you're gonna fight against the best and i think that benavides has showed that he's top best charlo has showed that he's top best canelo said that these guys aren't fighting each other i don't know why benavides and charlo aren't fighting each other but Everybody want to fight the money man. So if Canelo going to be the money man, hey, you got to take on these big challenges. And we don't get to pick who our challenges is. Like, I feel like Canelo wants to pick who he fights, when he fights him. I think I think the fight with him and Triple G was long overdue. The trilogy should have been so many years ago. I love Triple G. I got some, I had won some gloves that, uh, that, that was auctioned off by him. I paid 2000 bucks. I still got them in the closet. I think Triple G... He's not done with boxing, but I feel like he's almost done. You know, like mm -hmm. he can still beat some of the good guys, but don't overdo it. You know, and, and I think that just his, uh, him being 40, him being older, you know what I'm saying? Like he's starting up slower now. And I already knew that Canelo would win the fight against Triple G. I already had knew that. It was, it was no doubt in my mind. I actually thought he would be able to KO him. You know, but, you know, Triple G, like I was telling everybody, like, this dude got a hard head. He's tough. He went to the Olympics like, this is great. This is a great guy. You know, he's a great fighter. So, I think that age, I think that time isn't on his side right now, though. But I think that yeah. with Canelo being, I'm going to tell you exactly how old he is. 
if I'm if I'm 27, Canelo is 31. How do I know that? <laughs> How do I know that? Because when I was 17, I was like, oh my God, he's only four years older than me. I wanna I wanna date Canelo. <laughs> I'm like, he's only four years older than me. Are you serious? Yeah, but I don't have a crush no more. But that's how I know he's four years older than me. You know, so I think that Canelo. Yeah, I was gonna say him being thirty. I was gonna say your fiance would have a problem with that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. But I think that with Canelo being thirty-one, he should fight against the the other younger guys: Benavidez, Charlo. He fought against Kay Plant, Billy Joe Saunders. He fought. Yeah, he's fought some tough guys, but I still I don't know why. Oh, scratch that. Demetrius Andre, Demetrius Andre to give anybody smoke. Booboo, anybody. Listen, I love Carlo. I got a lot of respect for Benavidez. But Andre, this dude, listen, he, I want to see all of them fight. I know everybody want to fight against Canelo because he went to Canelo press conference. Like, Andre tried to press him out for real. So it's just like, okay, Canelo, you're not fighting against Mexican fighters, but you're not fighting against black fighters either. Like, we, we need to get this going. So... I want to see Canelo against Andre, against Charlo, against Benavidez, and I want to see everybody, Charlo against Andre, Benavidez against Andre. Like, those are fights that the fans want to see. Those are fights that I want to see, and I'm a fan. I hear you. And Andre is now at 168, so I'm right with you there. Uh, November, uh, Spence and Crawford said they want to get it on finally. What do you think is going to happen between Errol Spence Jr. and Bud Crawford? Jesus Christ. Um, I've got my hotel booked. I got my flight booked. I'm there. Okay? I'm there front row November 19th. I think as far as in skills, I think that Terrence Crawford is a step ahead of Earl Spence. But I think that I I can never when I look at people resumes and look at fighters, any fighter who made it to the Olympic has something in them that other fighters don't have. I don't know if Crawford turned pro too early or just didn't want to chase that dream, but Earl Spence went to the Olympics and was robbed and then had to come back to fight again after he got embarrassed in front of the whole world that he lost. And then the next day, or next couple days that they wanted him to fight against and that the judges was corrupt or whatever. Like, it takes a lot to make it to the Olympics. It's not like you just win the like you win the win in the US and then you represent the Olympics. You gotta go through world championships, continentals, Pan Ams, there's so much stuff you gotta do. I think that Earl has that experience, you know, and he's been in there with been in there with some top guns, you know, and so has Terrence Crawford, I really see the fight being a 50-50 fight. I don't know who going to win. I just, but I will tell you that this here is ha- got to be intact. You know, I think that sometimes Terrence Crawford, you hit him with a big shot, he just come trying to like gunning and trying to get you like like he did with Benavidez, with Jose Benavidez. But with Earl Spence, I've always seen him like just, kind of stay calm and take it round by round and uh, pick it up when he needs to. But I think it's going to be a chess match for both guys. It's going to be a power contest for both guys. And I'll just be there watching. But I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. I got a lot of respect for both guys. Love it. Uh, you talked about Deontay Wilder. We had him on the last stand. And listen, we he said 
you know, he he's coming back for the fans, and he knows the fans want him and Anthony Joshua the fight. And he said, "You yeah, look, it's a fight I want to do. I want, I want to make this fight happen. Uh, if it doesn't happen this year, definitely next year. I know you love you some Anthony Joshua, but what would you think about Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fighting? Because you know, listen, they both have come. We have to come back from from losing. Uh, what do you think about that fight now? Hmm." Just bad timing. Just bad timing. I, I think that we, I like to see fights when both guys are on the top of their game. I honestly think that I think right now that Anthony Joshua needs a break and needs a mental reset. I think right now, not physically, but I think uh, mentally right now, anybody can get an upset win over Anthony Joshua right now. And that's me being... Completely honest. Now, Deontay Wilder will knock anybody out. That dude got power in his right hand that I wish he would just put in the bottom and get to me. Okay? But right right now, me being a fighter, I think Anthony Joshua needs some time off. And that if he fought against Deontay Wilder right now, I think it would be a win for Deontay Wilder. Because timing. But I think if AJ, you know, reset give him give his mind a break give his whole body a break just just reset man because after two big fights with Usyk and then losing both times it doesn't it doesn't feel good look I lost one time my entire career it sucks and to bounce back from that takes a lot so I just think that uh yeah right now the fight should not happen if you want to see a good fight between two good fighters, maybe maybe next year you'll have a more competitive fight. But I think Anthony Joshua coming back and then coming off his loss and then Deontay Wilder coming back off his losses to Tyson Fury, I think that Deontay Wilder is coming back with a vengeance to just not just knock out anybody, but especially somebody from England. Especially because of how how him and Tyson Fury fights went. So I just think that right now that that fight should not should not happen, even though I'm a Deontay Wilder fan. They should fight next year or something. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Custer. Guys, I want to talk to you because let's be honest. When it comes to sex, isn't it all about confidence? And we know we have a lot more confidence when we have a really strong erection. Well, you can get that confidence courtesy of Chewables from BlueChew.com. Now, BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You know, Bluetooth tablets, they help men combat all forms of ED and provide harder, longer-lasting erections. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. You know, the process is really simple. Sign up for Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. You don't like swallowing pills? No problem. Blue Chew's tablets 
are chewable. And Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the USA. And they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal right now for everybody listening and watching. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LASTSTAND at checkout and just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LASTSTAND to receive your first month free. For everyone who comes on the show, we allow people to submit questions through social media. We got a lot of them uh, for you, Clarissa. So let, let's get me. right to these questions here. Yes, this one comes from, uh, they all come from Twitter. Uh, it says, uh, first one is from Jay Mutron. He says, what would you like to do uh, after beating your biggest rival, Marshall? Uh, would it be a, cl- a cross-platform fight with, let's say, Amanda Nunez or do you take some time off? After beating Savannah Marshall, I, I would never turn down a boxing match against Amanda Nunes. I would love to do it. Um, that'd be great. I think that that'd be like how Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather was. So, of course, I'd love to do that. But all in all, I just want to continue to fight the best. It's other girls at 160 who are working their way up the radar and, and you know, up the rankings. And it'll be another girl saying she can knock me out. She can beat me up. Somebody else for the trolls to cheer for. So I'll always have an open door for that. <laughs> uh, another one from Twitter, Impressive, uh, asks, uh, we know how judging can be these days. Are you or your team worried uh, about uh, fighting this fight on foreign soil? Nope. You know, I already took that problem to God. I think that uh, we're going to have some – Everything is equal, you know. We got good judges, good a, a, a good ref. Um, all that all that stuff is already up in up in paperwork. I'm not worried about that. My only job is to worry about the fight in it in itself. And honestly, we might not be needing no judges because I'm I'm trying to sleep Savannah Marshall anyway. Ted uh, asks, do you honestly uh, believe that you have underrated power? If if at any moment you need to bang it out with Marshall, do you think you're able to hang in there and go toe-to-toe? Listen, if Savannah Marshall thinks she finna come in there, her only chance, that's what people forgetting. Her only chance is to come in there and think she gonna knock me out. She not faster than me. She cannot outbox me. She cannot move faster than me. She got a little bit of height, a little bit of length. But if the girl comes in there and plays my game, which my game, my game is, oh, you want to stand there and trade? Well, let's, well, let's do it. If she's standing there, she's going to find out why I beat all these girls unanimous decisions and why, none, and why none of these girls stand there and why they be holding for dear life. Because I'm going to catch Savannah Marshall I'm gonna, and I'm going to put her to sleep. So if her game plan is to stay there and bang with me, that's going to play in my favor. That's going to play in my favor. But also, too, plays in my favor too as far as in the boxing i'm way better skilled than savannah marshall way better skilled that little amateur fight don't it don't mean nothing but i'm telling you it's a few it's a few game plans that i know like if she do this oh uh, she's gonna make it a very very easy night for me and and that's one and uh, peter fury said something about claressa shields isn't going to be able to keep savannah marshall off of her he's sick in the head I spar, I spar against, I spar against men, and I ain't talk about regular men. 
Anthony Durrell, Andre Durrell, the, I mean, these big guys from all over the radar. Ain't nobody just getting in there and just beating me up and walking me down. Nobody. Nobody. So I don't know where he getting that from, but he can think that all he wants to. But I built up the power, the speed, and everything for this fight. And she not finna, if she want to stand there and bang, I'm going to show her how to do it. Uh, Lex asks, if you could choose your next three fights, who would they be? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Uh, I want to beat up Jessica McCaskill at 147 to be undisputed. She talked too much, and she ain't got the skills to back it up. I'm sick of her and, her and Rick Ramos. Um, next fight, Shadesha Green. She She's very skilled. Very She's very underrated right now, but she's very skilled, though. And I like her as a fighter. I think she has 75 or 68. And Raquel Miller. I would love to put her in her place. I know, you know, it's kind of weird. Like I say, timing. People thought it'd be a competitive fight once upon a time or whatever the case may be. But to me, she's just been using my name for clout too much. And I want to be her up too. Uh, did uh, I know Shadesha Green. Did, didn't you guys spar? How did that go? We sparred years ago. Uh, 2000, maybe 16, 17, but it was, okay. it was great sparring. She probably one of the most skilled women I ever boxed against. And that's, and that's a high compliment coming from me. Like as far as in getting in the ring with women, I got the skills that I got, you know, good defense, offense and everything. She was a complete fighter. But when we sparred, she was 190 back then. Now she fights at 68, but she was 190 and I was 162. So we always got some good rounds in. We were great sparring for each other. Um, I, and I invited her to come to a few of my camps to spar with me to help me get ready for fights. But she could never do it. But uh, she went to go spar against uh, spar with Christina Hammer to help Christina Hammer get ready for me. So a little different, you know. <laughs> I would love to see that fight. That's, that's a good one, though. Yeah. Um, Rossi uh, on Twitter says, why do you call yourself the quote? When Katie Taylor is the best female boxer and Serena Williams is the best female sports star. Really? See, I find that interesting. Now, now, now let's get into details. I love Katie Taylor, okay? I do. But you can't get mad at somebody who, I mean, if you ask her who's the best out of, out of me and her, she say it's a tie. 1A, 1B. I say it's me. If she called herself the quote or the greatest woman or the best woman in the planet, I'm quite sure people would agree. But she doesn't. I do. I call myself the greatest woman of all time. People have just started to call me that, you know, also. But if we if we have to go accolade for accolade, Katie Taylor was in the amateurs longer than me. But I also have three world championships compared to her six world championships in the amateurs. Then when we turn pro, and then we go to, to the Olympics, I have two Olympic gold medals. Kate Taylor has one. Um, then we turn pro. I'm a three-division world champ. I believe Kate Taylor is two. So it's like, and I'm also two-time undisputed champ, and Kate Taylor is undisputed in one weight class. So, and now, just looking at as far as your skill, I, I think I agree with Kate Taylor. She won A, won B. As far as in me and her and skills, you know what I'm saying? So it's really no diss to her. You know what I'm saying? 
it's no diss to her. I think people people take it how they want to take it, but my but I'm quite sure when Muhammad Ali was calling himself the GOAT, that you know, Michael Jordan and a whole bunch of other great guys were around and he didn't stop calling himself the GOAT just because somebody said, Oh, there are other athletes who are the greatest of all time in their sport. I'm the greatest woman of all time in boxing. And that's what matters. Love it. Uh, David Wendell uh, from Twitter asks, will you show respect and congratulate Savannah Marshall when she, st- when she stops you? Yeah, he sounds stupid. Well, one, Savannah Marshall ain't going to knock me out. And then two, and then two, I've always shown, shown sportsmanship to girls after, after I've beaten them. Like, I'm best friends with Hannah Rankin, and me and her went in there, and, I mean, we hated each other before the fight. Same thing with Christina Hammer, and same thing with Ivana Habazin. I See, I've never uh, been mean to anybody after, after I beat them. Now, the question you should be asking is, what is Savannah Marshall going to do after I beat her? What is she going to say? Because she got the most to back up. She said she's going to knock me out. That I won't last two rounds with her. That she's too strong for me. She's too much for me. She's too big. Then when I go on there and show everybody that she's not this, what what is everybody going to say? Will she be nice to me after? <laughs> I like it. Or will she throw my belt right, out the right. ring? <laughs> uh, Jay Cameron asks, with your resume and accomplishment, what keeps the quote motivated and hungry? Uh, people doubting me, honestly. People doubting me. And then me seeing my potential of how great I can be. Like, I'm great right now. The girl is great. I'm great. Okay? The girl is great. But it's like I have little mini, I think just from my childhood and with my first boxing coach, I would win fights. And it was like winning wasn't good enough. You know, it was always like, oh, yeah, you won, but you threw a sloppy overhand right. Or, oh, yeah, you won, but, yeah, yeah, you stopped her, but you you was wild and this and that. So it's like for me now, every time I win a fight and I go back and watch it, the first time I watch it, I'm, like, excited. Like, ah, oh, I beat her up so good. Yay. And then there's another side of me, like, how do you dominate somebody 10 rounds but don't, but don't knock them out? Like, that's. That's me. Like I'm, I'm happy I won, but then there's the other part of me in me. Like, but if you can beat somebody up ten rounds and win rounds unanimously, why you ain't, why you ain't knock her out? Like that means you had the power and that you had the, you know, everything's playing in your favor and you ain't get knockout. So knockouts matter to me in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like a little bit. So it's like, how do I get so good to where? To where I'm not just beating these girls up 10 rounds, but I'm knocking them out, too. It's like, if I can beat you 10 rounds and do whatever I want, I should be able to figure out what punch going to put you down. You know what I'm saying? So, that's what keeps me motivated, honestly. Like, people talk about the knockouts and they try to say stuff about them, but I beat all world champions. You know what I'm saying? I beat the best. So, now it's like, how do I knock the best out? You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, you you great and all, but I I still think I'm great enough to where I should be able to knock out anybody. Clarissa, we've come to the uh, last segment of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. Just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. Here we go. 
You know, the the boxing media says Katie Taylor is regarded as pound for pound the top female fighter in the world. In your opinion, is that true? No. In your opinion, who are your top five female pound for pound fighters right now? Myself, number one, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, Chantel Cameron. And French on Cruz, top five. All right. I like I like that. Uh, in your opinion, top five pound for pound fighters, male or female, right now. I hate that I have to keep throwing myself in this, but um myself, Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford, Katie Taylor, and Shakur Stevenson. Oh, I love it. That I is like the next it. Floor. I like it. I That's like the next floor, man. I like it. Will you fight in the UFC? I don't, I don't think so. No. Okay. No. All right. Just one day. Just, I had to ask. Uh, Jake Paul, Anderson <laughs> Silva, they're fighting in uh, late October. What do you think about that fight? <laughs> Anderson Silva, please knock him out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear. Uh, no, I think I think it's a it's a it, it's a good match fight, but I think that Anderson Silva is a step above Jake a step above Jake Paul. But I think Jake Paul's youth will will play in his play in his favor. Like he'll be able to be a step ahead athletically, but I think as far as in like skill wise, that Anderson Silva got it, you know, and that he'll be able to neutralize Jake Paul and uh you know win and win a fight. I don't know if he'll knock him out, but I think that Anderson Silva will win though. Do you like that these YouTubers have gotten into the sport of boxing and, listen, some of them are getting millions in pay-per-view exposure? Look, I can't knock a man's hustle. That ain't that, – look, boxing is my only hustle I've ever had. <laughs> I've never had a job or nothing, just boxing. So I can't knock a man's hustle, but I, but I do know that if a YouTuber can fight main event on T-Mobile Arena or Madison Square Garden or anywhere in the world – I know that me being all that I've done with my great opponent, that I should be given the opportunity to fight pay-per-view on any network. And um, I should just be given the opportunity before they say, oh, women's boxing don't get great numbers. Women's boxing isn't this or that. Let the top women prove that first before you say that. Like, you can't just, oh, this is what we think and act like y'all Jimmy Neutron and y'all see into the future. It's like you have to let things happen and let them play out. And then you say, okay, this is what happened. And in order for us to make it better, if it can be made better, or maybe if it's just not time. But, you know, women was never given the opportunity. But respect to the YouTubers. Respect to everybody who's giving the YouTubers a uh, a platform and giving them a chance. You know, but those same guys need to give uh, women's boxing that same opportunity and those same chances. I like it. Um, last but not least. Will you stop Savannah Marshall or will you outbox Savannah Marshall on October 15th? Outboxing are going to be so simple, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt the girl. I'm telling you. Every, and then I'm going to whisper to her after the fight, pillow fist. I'm, listen, I'm going I'm I'm to hurt Savannah Marshall. And, 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 and this is how I know. Savannah Marshall don't got gas like me. 
you know, Peter Fury has said, oh, it's not going to be a boxing match. You're not going to let Clarissa just get comfortable and box her and, and let it be a chess match. So he's telling me she want to make it ugly. I love ugly fights. I was a professional street fighter way before I was a boxer. Way before. So you talk about, oh, oh, you wanted to get dirty here? You wanted to get ugly? Listen, I have been fighting with a cut over my eye. I fought with cuts and bruises and, you know, after being after being knocked down. See, obviously, I've came back from adversity. She don't, she don't even know what it's like to lose a round yet. When she get the losing rounds and get the feeling on body shots and them head shots, it's going to be different for her. He's going to have to be in the corner telling her, Marshall, come on, baby, you can do it. You can do it, Marshall. Pull it out of you. Come on, we need this. That's what he's going to be telling her in the corner. But I'm going to beat everything up out of her. And it's all about how tough she is. If she can handle it, She'll be able to maybe survive for 10 rounds. But I'm but I'm making sure I punch through her with everything. As soon as I start seeing them shots come, and when they when they start opening up, man, it's gonna be night night for her. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna outbox her and beat her up. Both of them. She thinks cause the fight got postponed that that I lost steam. Nah, I still won't smoke with you. I still won't smoke with you and whoever with you. Yep. And it all comes down October 15th. Uh, listen, the undisputed champ in two different weight divisions. She's the quote. She's Clarissa Shields. Champ, I appreciate you spending some time with us. Hey, I love the new merch. So, folks, make sure you pick up your new merch there, the quote shirts. I've seen them. Make sure you get the new merch. And we always appreciate you spending some time with us. For sure. Thank you. Absolutely. That's what we do on the last day, and we bring you the biggest names in the sport, like Clarissa Shields. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week. All Hail Sunday. The NFL on CBS is back with a crazy talented crop of QBs out west, possible MVPs in the east, and matchups to remember. Sundays, the NFL is on CBS. Let's get it on. Two of Bellator's biggest stars co-headline the most stacked fight card of the year. What a fight! It's Pitbull versus Boric and McKee versus Carlisle. Saturday, live on Showtime.